just jumping in really quickly at the start of today's episode to tell you about some upcoming opportunities to see us live in the flesh. And you can see us live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2024. We are doing three live podcasts on Sundays at 3.30 at Basement Comedy Club, April 7, 14 and 21. You can get tickets at dogoonpod.com. Matt, you're also doing some shows around the country. That's right. I'm doing shows with Saren Jaimana, who's been on the show before. We're going to be in Perth in January, Adelaide in February, Melbourne through the festival in April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello to you two as well. We are also in the room. Can confirm. As they've said. And it's a hot scoop. Mic'd up. Yep. We've all got is headset- that what this is? We've all got headsets on. It's a big room. We're just wandering around. Just you are giving away too much information. Use the space. Here. Use the space. All right, you're a donkey. No. I'm not a donkey, and I asked you to stop calling me one. All right, you're a seagull. Thank you. And you, Matt, are a majestic Lion King. Yes, thank you. Hey, that's the episode of Primates this week. Oh, great. There you go. I did not even mean <laughs> that. Uh, I retract anything I, that would inspire a plug for Primates. <laughs> the show. I really appreciate that opportunity to plug Primates, Dave, uh, with special guest Claire Tonti. Ponte and Dimity Kirkwood from the Millennial Divide. It was a real fun time. We talked about the Lion King, oh. classic film called The Lion King, mm. which I like to call The Lion King. Right. And when I accidentally just said that Jess was a seagull, I also should add this is <laughs> completely unintentional. But last week's episode of Book Cheat, I talked about Anton Chekhov's The Seagull. That's really going to seem like you set all that up, but I swear I didn't. I'm just that good. <laughs> You got seagull on the brain. Almost all I'm, I'm thinking about. I just had some chips. Seagulls yeah. love yeah. chips. Oh, seagull boy. A and little what gull. About, what about donkey? You've been watching Shrek? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> What's your favorite part of Shrek? Oh, probably the donkey. I like his balls. 
Oh, you mean the movie. I like uh, the <laughs> intro and outro and bits of the middle. I love Shrek the Halls. Yeah, that's The a name. One. I haven't seen it, but it does sound but that is a festive. great, great pun title. Yeah, they put the, the name before the horse on that one. I yeah, definitely. Hey, while we're plugging things, I'm coming to Adelaide as well as Perth next year, as well as Brisbane and Melbourne, but Adelaide uh, and Perth are on sale now, and you can go to mattstuartcomedy.com slash gigs and uh, click on links there for the appropriate show, and I'm pretty sure there's an early bird discount code pre-Christmas for Do Go On listeners if you put in the code I think is Do Go On. Or is it Do Go On Pod? I think it's Do Go On. And if Do Go On doesn't work, try Do Go On Pod. You are good. And then try free tickets. Yeah. Wait, no. And then try bum, bum, bum. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Mum, mum, mum. Yeah. Try that. And then if those options haven't failed, and I, I have to stress, you have to have tried all of them. Right. Yeah, what's In that Then order. tweet at Matt. Yeah. If it doesn't work. Otherwise, I hope your producer is listening and can set up all of those codes because that would be fantastic. That would be great. Uh, if you are listening, Emma, please do that. Bum, 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 especially. <laughs> bum, bum. How much, what percent does bum get you off? No, well, bum, bum, bum is obviously 30%. It's 10% oh. per bum. Right. If I type in, what? If I type in <laughs> 10 bums, do I get a free ticket? Yes. I think I end up paying you, which I please don't 11 do 11 bums. Do 11 bums and he has to oh, pay you. Oh, I great. cannot afford that. Well, you should, have per- done, you should have thought of that before you I come know, up with Emma, this why did you set up that discount code? That was foolish. The Perth economy is tough. It's expensive to get there. Yeah. Accommodation's not cheap. How's- and I'm probably staying in a toilet, How's I assume. problem? <laughs> oh, you but s- no, you're right. It isn't your problem. Anyway, please come to those shows. What a fantastic Christmas present. Hey, here's another great Christmas present. We're only a few weeks away from Christmas, and I fucking feel Sorry. festive. Christmas. Christmas. Uh, we've also we've got a red bubble, um, and everyone associates Michael Bubble with Christmas. Well, mm. why not associate <laughs> Red Bubble? Michael Red Bubble. Michael Red Bubble. And if you go to dogoonpod.com slash, I don't know what the slash is, but if you just go to that shop. and click click on shop, uh, it'll take you to our Red Bubble, and I you bet- get. Different things like shirts. I believe I'm only judging this based off uh, Two in the Think Tank, our sister podcast um, from Planet Broadcasting slash Stupid All Studios. And they uh, just had a, a listener buy a clock with their funny faces on it. So if that's possible, I love that as a Christmas There's present. There's all sorts idea. of things you can get. That's right. We've uploaded a couple of designs and then you get to pick what you want it printed on and then they'll ship it to you. Yeah. T-shirts and hoodies are the big one that we sell a few of, but we'd love to start selling clocks as well. You can get an iPad case, an iPhone case. A mug. Laptop skin, just a framed print. Um, <laughs> just a framed print. You can get a mug, a throw pillow, a travel mug, postcards, notebooks, laptop sleeves, are tote you, bags. Are you looking at these or are you just listening because it's amazing if you just... I mean, I was staring at my computer and not making eye contact with you. So obviously I'm just listing them. I just, yeah, I thought you were just riffing throw pillow. I was like, you're amazing. <laughs> I really th- Wow, your your opinion of me is so low that me saying throw pillow is amazing. I, I don't even know what that is. Right. <laughs> What's a throw pillow? It's a cushion. I, would, I imagine okay. if I said throw pillow, you would have also been impressed. Oh. Does that mean your opinion of me is also low? Oh, so, so low. <laughs> think of Jess, Harvard. <laughs> then halve it again, Jeez. double it, and then third it. Oh my god, that is confusing. My opinion is so on. low because I didn't. Th- of you, you, I didn't think you'd understand that. Yeah, and I didn't. 
Um, so but, my opinion is so accurate. Yeah, it is. Yeah, anyway. Like nobody's arguing that. I mean, geez. Anyway, hit up dogonpod.com. Click shop. Go to our shop. Is this our first in-studio podcast? And so like, I was just thinking. I ages. believe it is. This feels different. Yeah. And probably because it is. Yeah. We well, haven't done one in the studio since before. Well, like since we did one with Mesa about Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, everyone. We're back in the studio. We've uh, just come back of you. Haven't uh, been keeping with us on social media from our, our UK tour, which was a lot of fun. Mm. We ended up doing nine shows over there. So much fun. Met it's a bit crazy. Lots of uh, Dugan listeners from uh, England, Scotland, and abroad. People came across from Europe, different <laughs> places. That was cool. Yeah. There were Australians in some of the shows. Yeah. Less than I was expecting, a though. A guy from the Ukraine came in. Oh, that was cool. That made my life. And also some Oslonians. Yes. A- Parisian. Yep. S- lots Switzerland, of Sweden, Lo- Lebanon. Finland. <gasps> lots Lebanon. from Ireland. Heaps from Ireland. So we're oh, definitely going to go there one day. Yep. Next time around, we're definitely going to Ireland. And we've got a new dream of doing a, a show somewhere on continental Europe. Um, but anyway, we've got to figure that out. <laughs> it's probably, I mean, in the meantime, we should probably do this show. Yeah. But I'm was, already dreaming ahead. I was waiting for there to be more to that sentence. Like on in continental Europe, in a in a silly costume, but it yeah. just it just stopped. Well, I no, I didn't. I didn't want to give too much away. Right, okay. Matt's happy to do it just at the airport. Yeah, yeah, okay. Not I even get, that. leave the airport. That way, we we don't have to sort out visas. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works, right? I assume so. If everyone books on the same flight, <gasps> we could do, do it, it in international airways. <gasps> oh, over the intercom. <laughs> This is your captain speaking. Oh, that would be awful. Podcast rule. <laughs> Matt's least favourite part of being on a plane yeah. is the PA announcements. Oh, the Interrupting PA announcements. the screens. I mean, I'm not on my own there, surely. No, but it was it was out of character for you how angry you got at them. Look, I... Because you are very chilled out. I and flipped then to the bird you, at the screen yeah. a few times. So basically, you're watching the screen, the PA comes on and it automatically pauses what's in your screen saying cabin announcement. Sometimes it's important. It's for safety reasons. Sometimes it's, would you like to uh, buy some perfume? And you're just like, no. Hey, I just had this thought. If we do it in international airways, and I don't 100% know if it, the skills transfer across, but maybe Mesa could fly the plane. I would assume those are transferable. Yeah, yeah trams trams and planes. Yeah. yeah. It's all just a public buttons. transport. In They've a way. all got wheels yeah. of some description. That's buttons right. and dials. They've all, all got a wire hanging above them with <laughs> yeah. a, like a metal thing attached to it for some reason yeah. and sand. What yeah, is that? They're all on tracks. Yeah. God, it's a, weird, it's a weird piece of transport. It is a weird piece of transport. Thank you. Aeroplanes. How do they do it? <laughs> is that the title of this episode? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is that? So Spoilers. for those who don't know how the show works, if you're listening for the first time... We sound like we don't know how the show works. Well, we don't really. But there's three of us here, and we each take it in turns to do a report <laughs> on a thing. We may as well do it, the three of us here. <laughs> we'll have a go. And one of us uh, knows what the report is, and they've researched the topic, and it's usually based on a listener's suggestion. The other two don't know what the topic is. We get on the topic with a question. This week, Jess is doing the report, and she's about to ask a question, I believe. And I normally get them right nearly half the time. No, nearly a third of the time. Okay. Nearly you get a them, third. You get them more than a third of the time. Oh, right? that's true, yeah. I'm the winner. But you're not in this comp today. Well, I reckon so I could still have a guess. <laughs> and I wrote a question. I'm going through a bit of a phase of writing the question ahead of time. To be fair, I wrote it while we were sitting in here anyway. But 
I did it. Okay. So. All right. I'm, I am primed after that. I'm inspired to try and get this right. Please embrace the new me. Please. The question is, which World War II badass <gasps> has been referred to as the real-life Captain America? <gasps> Captain A. America. Wow. That would be a great name. But no. <laughs> is it someone I would have heard of? I hadn't, but that doesn't mean you haven't. You have been around a very I'm long time. I'm trying to think of the actual Captain America's name. It's like Steve Austin. Rogers. Steve Jobs. Steve Rogers. Steve Jobs. Yeah. What That's a, a real Jobs life Captain did. America. Yeah. God bless him, <laughs> God everyone. Bl- God bless our boys <laughs> up there in Apple. Doing it in Cupertino. The big Apple. I yeah. get it. Cupertino. Cupertino. I like that a lot. That's the Apple headquarters in California. Cupertino. Yeah. Can I get you a Cupertino? Was that Jim Carrey? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, thank you. My next impression, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay. Yep. That's it. Hello. Okay. <laughs> that was okay. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman playing our good friend, Alistair Tromley Birchall. Wow. Oh, and nailing, nailing it. it, yeah. Here's John, I'll do a very quick, this is a niche impersonation, <laughs> but I'll also do my Alistair Tromley Birchall. From Two in the Think Tank, our sister podcast we mentioned. Um, it's a two-word uh, impersonation. Here it is. <clears throat> That's doable. <laughs> <laughs> That is something Al has said and will say again. Very positive, can-do kind of guy. Very positive. Wants to help. I just my one little nitpick there was that didn't sound like Al exactly. It sounded like Philip Zimmer Hoffman doing Al. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of what it was. Perfectly. Thank you. I like it when Al tries to go full Australian. That's fun. Because he has a hybrid accent anyway. So when he goes, when he just forces the Australian side, it's like, (laughs) we do sound ridiculous. Anyway, enough of Al. I don't Um, don't think I know. I don't think I'll get the guy. Have you heard of Audie Murphy? No. No, but I want to. Well, you're gonna. Audie. Audie. I've heard of Ornie Adams. The guy from comedian, the documentary with Jerry Seinfeld. Is that even the same? Ornie. Ornie. This is this is Audie. So that's different. How do you spell that? A U D I E. Oh, but like Audi the car, but Audi. A bit different. There you go. Some people do say Audi Audi though. We'll say. All right. The European car manufacturer. Do you want to call him Audi? Yes. No. Audi. Well, I'll wait before I call him Audi. Yeah. I don't want to disrespect a badass, (laughs) especially if he's going to come beat my ass. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. That's That's a great name. So, Audi was born on the 20th of June, 1924 or 25. That will come back. That's badass. He was the seventh of 12 children. Whoa. Quick question. Quick question. Um, okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> Do they know what's going on? And who are you referring to? Audi. Audi. Did he does he know what's causing yes, it? Yes, all the siblings. I was trying to get to like their parent his parents' names there. Oh, his parents. Just like names. a fun little segue there, like do his parents know? anyway, so his parents <laughs> were Emmett Berry Murphy. And his wife, Josie Bell Killian. Oh, a couple uh, of fantastic that, names. I know. And, Emmett Bell. And Emmett first, Berry. First Emmett name, Berry, Josie Bell. Middle name Berry. Yeah. Berry. Love that. So good. And Josie Bell, what was the other name? Killian. Killian. Killian me softly. Oh, with that beautiful words in my ears. Do yeah. you think that's maybe that's how their son, Steve Jobs, ended up coming up with the name Blackberry for one of his first <laughs> mobile phone devices? <laughs> He's really, (laughs) he's morphed a lot there. That's so fantastic. Yeah. Do you think that's why? No, I don't think so. Hmm. 
But thank you. Yeah, and then he went on to find found Apple Records with the Beatles. Did he really? <laughs> wow. This is going to be a banger of a report. Yeah, strap in. A lot to cover here. Um, so, yeah, he was born in, in Kingston in Texas. As a child, he was described as a loner with mood swings and an explosive temper. Keep that in mind. Oh, he's uh, going to be an explosive man in life. His father was pretty absent when Audie was growing up and eventually just abandoning the family altogether. And Audie dropped out of school in fifth grade and got a job picking cotton to help support his mum and his siblings. Um, He also got handy with a rifle and would hunt small game to support the family as well, like he'd feed them. A lot like Katniss Everdeen. (gasps) Or Annie Oakley. Oh, all right, that one. He's always got to jump on my Come on, mate, what about Katniss Um, Everdeen? Yeah. (laughs) Who's Where Kat- Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. played her uncle or something. Oh, Cat Piss Everdeen. No, right. Dave. No, why are we always going to the gutter? And uh, can I just do a quick impression of Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in that film? Goodbye. Oh. Sorry, what film was that, Dave? Uh, Hunger Games. Oh, <laughs> you got lucky. Yeah, I got so lucky. You've never yeah. seen any of I've seen trailers for those and it looks terrible. You know, I'll, say I, I enjoyed it. I didn't think I would, but I, I did. I think I might have even seen them all. But anyway, here's my impersonation of Capness Ebenine. Ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. Thank you. I like that you were miming that, which yeah. is useless on an audio platform. But us. also, you didn't mime it well at all in that you didn't move your arm when you fired a, an arrow. That's how he does all his impressions, though. Do a bulldozer. Groom. <laughs> same same, same hand movement. Yeah, that is Amazing. odd. Left arm outstretched. Right arm bent at the elbow. Yeah. And that's how he does everything. Yeah. I love that. Love his style. Thank Good for you. you. That was oh, a bullseye right. in my heart. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so he's, uh, yeah, from a young age, he's supporting his family. And sadly, his mother died when he was about 16 um, of pneumonia. And county authorities placed his three youngest siblings in Bowles Children's Home, which was a Christian orphanage in Quinlan in Texas. And he got work at a radio repair shop and at a combination general store, garage and gas station in Greenville, which is about 25 minutes away from where his younger siblings were. I don't know where the other older ones went. They must have just kind of scattered. But, yeah, so they all kind of got separated. The same year that his mother died, the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor occurred. And Audie wanted to enlist in the army, having always wanted to be a soldier, but he was turned away by the Army, Navy and Marine Corps for firstly being underage, um, but secondly he was also underweight. He was quite um, small in stature and he was very skinny. Oh, yes, thank goodness I've got an excuse to not go to war. Oh, phew. And you can pretend you want yeah, to. Yeah, I want to be a hero so bad. But I weigh 58 kilos. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. We've got a new division opening right up. Uh, come right through here. You You're on the think, front line. You don't think in modern warfare they need, like, nerds at computers? You're fucked, mate. You're first in. Mate, you'll what actually you you'll, you'll, you'll be piloting the drones, but actually inside the drones. Yeah, you'll be in a drone. <laughs> Just in case we need someone in, uh, to be inside the drone reporting back. Yep. Still in the air. <laughs> Yep. That's you, Dave. All right. I can see the enemy. All right. We're going in. Oh, and we're detonating now. <laughs> oh, I'm exploding. <laughs> Boop. Sorry, mate. Sorry you had to find out this uh, way, but you I'm are gonna, not avoiding it. I'm going to run away. Where to? The other side. They'd never expect that. <laughs> Who wouldn't expect that? Them. Yeah. Wait, the other side of the... The wall? The wall. The wall. Oh, the wall. wall. Yeah. 
Okay. So you're yeah. just going to leave the room? Yep. Right. <laughs> I've thought this through. So I you're don't in, know you're that you have. The, you're in the army headquarters. And so. I've just gone to the other side of the wall. Right, mate. Most people it. would actually run away. Me, I just hide in plain sight. <laughs> you hide in a cupboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait for, s- for HQ to close down for the night. For six years. Wow. Okay. Is the war going for that long or do yeah. you not know that it's over so you yeah, just stay know. there out of precaution? People come and tell me the war's over and I'm like, no, this is a trick. You're lying to me. You're lying. So people know you're in the cupboard. <laughs> yeah, a couple of people. Who are People who work at HQ. Yeah, the general thinks it's really funny that there's a guy in the cupboard. Right. Okay. Then you would be rubbish anyway. So I think at this point you can probably leave the cupboard. If the general knows well, you're there. I kind of like the cupboard. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. Never, never been in a fight with a cupboard. Right. This, That's... Matt. This weirdly makes sense considering the long-running joke we have. Well, joke theory that Dave's girlfriend is a broom. <laughs> this makes. Oh yeah, it's sense. a broom cupboard. Did you say joke? Yeah, I said joke, and then I was like, "Well, it's not a joke. Oh, it's right. a, it's a conspiracy theory of ours." Because we've never met her or seen conspiracy her. theory, it goes all the way to the top. It's a broom. I was thinking mop, but yeah, maybe a broom. And you have both met her on multiple occasions now. Multiple two is, is multiple. When was the second time? You've met her twice. You can pay no, for I a hacker one time. I've only met her once. I've met her once, twice. When was the second time? I'm sorry that she doesn't give a shit about our show or come to the live one. So well, that's not on us because we it? both met her once on the same night. Doesn't equal us meeting her twice. And I'm pretty sure you've met her another time. Yeah, but you can't think of when. Conveniently. Oh, God, I'll have to get a... You haven't inserted that memory into our brains yet. <laughs> I'll have to get a diary. Yeah, no. Nah, it's been once, and we're very confident that was an actress because she was way too beautiful. Yeah, but a fantastic performance. Oh, very compelling. Yeah, very compelling. She did keep her distance from Dave. I actually thought she might be a Seymour Hoffman. That's how good she was. And did she say, hello? She did she say did that. She did when I arrived. Did she say, goodbye? She yes. did when I and in the middle, she said, <laughs> which was weird. But yeah, anyway. but I was like, is there a bulldozer in here? <laughs> Hungarian for uh, dessert is served. Oh, she's oh. Hungarian. Oh, a little oh, bit of backstory. That is not what you've said all along. Oh, it's unraveling. It We've got unraveling. him. It's all true. Anyway. The, the actor had an Australian accent. Hungarian's very close to Australian. Oh, my God. He is, he is going bright red. <laughs> He is unraveling. Dave, I'm going to save you here. Because that, so you were saying he was very, very underweight, which is classic intro section of Captain America film. Correct. And probably comic books, I assume. Very good, Maddie. Thank you. You did it. Yeah, I've got a comic book at home. So, yeah, he's turned away from the Army, the Navy, and the Marine Corps. Nobody wants him. The following year, his sister provided an affidavit that falsified his birth date by a year. So he was 17, but they said, oh, no, he's 18. Um, and he Did you say w- a year later? Yeah, so he was 16 when he oh, was right. trying. So that it was like he was 17 and a year later he got his sister to write a false affidavit saying he's 18. But backdated. <laughs> yeah, backdate that affidavit. Like, okay, so you're 19. He's like, whatever. Just let yeah, me Yeah, whatever. It's just shut up. Can but I come? There was also an affidavit saying I weigh more than I actually <laughs> yeah, weigh. Just don't weigh me. Yeah, don't weigh me because I've got it written. written I'm right weird here. about it. Yeah, I'm weird. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't but like, but trust there's me. There's a number on the paper. Trust me. Yeah. I know I look skinny, but I carry yeah. it well. I, I, weigh, I weigh more than the average Range Rover. Just so. give me the serum. <laughs> Fuck. I really, that was, I like American uh, Captain. The yeah, Captain I American. like American Captain too. He's, he's real good. Fuck. Stanley Tucci. 
That's why I like Stanley it. Tucci. I love Stanley Tucci. He played Captain America. No, no he, he hosts plays... the show with Captain Pepperdine. Oh, oh, he does too. Yeah, but no, he's the 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 German doctor who injects mm. Steve Rogers with the serum. I mean, what can the Tooch not do? The <laughs> Tooch. Honestly, I watched Easy A the other day. Oh, he's just so great. Oh, he could do it all. He does everything. That's ah, ah, fun, ah, Dad. Ah. Fun dad, yeah. German doctor, wacky man with cool hair. He yeah. does it all. When, I mean, name another thing he's done it. Fashion done assistant. It. Fashion assistant, yes. Anyway, I reckon the people who have tuned in especially to hear about it. Gay be best badass. friend of Cher in Burlesque. Why did he take that role? I'm glad he did. I watched Burlesque at least quarterly with my friend Linny. But why did he take it? Did she have... Lots of different best friends and she's categorised them all based on their sexuality? Yes. Or did you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, cut me off at the pass there. Oh, have you seen the film Burlesque? No. Well, then don't you jump on my bananas. <laughs> Is that a line from the film? You'd have to watch it to find out. You can come over to my house and watch it. It's the best. That sounds fantastic. Anyway. Fuck. I haven't got through a page. Um... So he, he manages to finally get into the U.S. Army. He's accepted. This is in June of 1942. So he is 17, but they've said he's 18. And you know the song from The Sound of Music that was based on this guy? He is 17, <laughs> going on 18, do be do be do You love musicals. I do. You love them. Well, I love the little orphan Annie. The list goes on. <laughs> Stop calling her that. <laughs> she finds it offensive when you say, oh, hi, little orphan Annie. Wow. How are you? Just call her Annie. Yeah, well. Oh, no, but we do know a few Annies. Yeah. It gets confusing. It does. I know, I know a few orphan Annies. Hi, Jess's Some of them are big. <laughs> hey, mid-sized orphan Annie. What's up? <laughs> oh, I feel sorry for big orphan Annie. Nah, I don't. She's a bloody rad dog. She's a dog. <laughs> a dog. Uh, sadly orphaned, but now living a happy life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he's made it into the army in 1942. Uh, while he was uh, participating in uh, a, a close order drill during that hot Texas summer, he passed out. So he's struggling a bit with some of his basic training. How This badass is inspiring for me. If a thin, un, like an obviously an underweight guy that passes out a lot can go on to be considered a badass. When's the last time you passed out? I passed out once during a blood test. Yeah, we've all done that. You need to up your frequency of passing out, mate. Uh, tell, us about his, tell us about I've his, done it. his uh, jugular. What's esophagus? It, what, esophagus. Yeah, tell me. Give me an esophageal update. Yeah. No. How's, how's he? Fine. Esophically. He swallows well? He's Esophically fine. speaking. Esophically speaking, he's in the top percentile. Mm. Philip Seymour, esophically speaking. Um... <laughs> he's, he's about to get a serum injected into him, and that's going to change everything. <sighs> I'm waiting for that serum. I'm, how frustrating for the warheads out there listening to this when we have... Have you said anything about this guy yet? Barely. Well, I can't wait to hear it more. So his company commander thought his build was too slight for service in the infantry and tried to have him transformed into uh, tra- sorry, transferred. <laughs> he transformed. was going to be injected. Tried to have him transferred to a cook and baker's school 
Um, but he, Murphy, so Audi insisted on becoming a combat soldier. So they were trying to make him a chef of some description? Yeah, basically. No, I like, think a, a swing musician in the band, the Cook and Bakers. <laughs> Get him on drums. <laughs> I went straight for horns. Yeah. He would have been on the horn, yeah, no he's doubt. Always on the horn. Oh, so he's probably in the triangle. What are you talking about? This we're talking about the a World War Two badass. Yeah, but we're talking about like a, a man with my build. No, he wouldn't he's be about our height, or I think a little bit shorter. This man is—he's saxophonist, if anything. He's what? A saxophonist. Oh uh, yes, okay. <laughs> Was, Grow up, Jess. You're saying esophagus again. <laughs> uh, so he completed his basic training and he was shipped to Casablanca. Oh, the film. Oh, fantastic. Beautiful. So you got into acting. Uh, he went to Casablanca on the 20th of Feb, 1943. Quite frankly, my dear, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. That's beautiful. Just gonna have a, I'm just going to have a little um, break here. Yeah, cool. Sorry, That's gone with the wind, mate. Fuck. Hey, I've seen classic. Hey, could you do a new podcast about classic movies so I don't have to watch them? Yeah, <laughs> good one. Um, so and uh, so yeah, he 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 went to Casablanca. He later went to Sicily, where he was a uh, division runner for the Third Infantry. And although he'd struggled to get into the military and provide and prove himself, uh, Audie began to prove himself to be a more than capable soldier and an excellent marksman, and rose through the ranks rather quickly. Um, Supreme Commander General Dwight D. Eisenhower, <gasps> that's such a good name, made the decision to invade Italy in early September 1943. Audie and two of his fellow soldiers and friends were travelling along the uh, Volturno River, which is in south-central Italy. The trio were near a bridge when one of them was killed by German machine gun fire. Audie's friend, a soldier named Tipton, tossed hand grenades in the direction of the fire and Audie responded with a Thompson submachine gun killing five German soldiers. Five? You know those machine guns that just have like the huge round barrel on the front of them? It's one of those, which for some reason just seems so badass. But, you know, he killed five people. Like, like one of those old school Tommy guns? Yeah. Like the gangsters use, man. They are. They're probably the coolest looking machine gun. Yeah. Well, this is a Thompson machine gun, so I'm going to say it's probably the same thing. When And if you're using one of them, you've got to have a cigar coming out your mouth and you've got to be saying, eat lead, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> and laughing maniacally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by July, he was a corporal, and by December, he was promoted to sergeant. And by this time, the 3rd Infantry Division had suffered heavy casualties. They had 683 dead, 170 missing, and 2,412 wounded. Um, at, the time, at the end of 1943, the division began training near Naples for the planned uh, 1944 storming of Anzio Beachhead, Anzio, the beginning of the liberation of Rome. And Audie made section leader on the 4th of January and promo- and was promoted to staff sergeant on the 13th of January. So he's flying up the ranks. Within a couple of weeks, he's had two promotions. That's a, it's an amazing time. I guess in, in part it's because people are dying yeah. all around you, but still that is a wild rising through the ranks. Yeah. Um, a week after his uh, promotion to staff sergeant, on the 21st of January, he was hospitalised in Naples with malaria. Uh, he returned to his unit in time to take part in the unsuccessful First Battle of Cisterna, which was fought between the 30th of January and 1st of Feb. It was the most fierce and sustained fighting he had experienced to date. 
And uh, their Lieutenant Colonel Michael Pawlik, who was the commander of the 1st Battalion of the 15th Infantry, temporarily took charge uh, when the company commander was left badly wounded. And he later stated that the three-day battle that followed decimated the company, leaving fewer than 30 soldiers alive. Audie Murphy, still alive. Out of how, how many was it? A lot. I don't know exactly how many. Oh, but a lot down to 30. Yeah. Jeez. A lot more than 30 down to 30. Right. Wow, 46. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, the men were forced back to Anzio and remained there for months, taking shelter in an abandoned farmhouse. Um, and on the 2nd of March, their artillery fire disabled a German tank. And although the tank crew were killed as they tried to escape, Audie knew that the tank could be repaired by the Germans and put back into use. So leaving his man in the farmhouse, he advanced towards the tank by crawling on his stomach and he then used rifle grenades to permanently put the tank out of commission. For this action, he received oh. the bronze star with a V device. So can you said something like, you've been decommissioned and then started firing those grenades at it? Um, yeah. And then walked away in slow motion as it exploded, exploded behind, behind him. him. Yeah. That genuinely yeah. happens later. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> He continued to make scouting patrols uh, to take German prisoners before being hospitalised for a week. Uh, he was still doing his scouting stuff, still getting his scouting. badges. Yeah, That's, I love that. The man Sewing. does it all. Yeah, Tying little ropes for no reason. Yeah, just little ones. Um, but then he got malaria again. Oh, man. And so he was, uh, he was in hospital again for about another week. Um, the 3rd Division was taken off the front line in late March and placed in reserve. Um, and they were put through additional combat training. But the training was so intense that Audie felt that his men needed relief and he refused to put them through more training. Um, but this action cost him a promotion that he was supposedly going to receive because he defied orders to stand up for his men. Um, didn't hurt his career overall, to be honest, but he didn't get a promotion as quickly as he should have because he was like, nah. It's about four days instead of three. Yeah, he's like, we don't want to. Um, and I'm just sort of picking a few key stories here. Obviously, with any of these World War Two guys, it's like a million different things, but I'm just picking out a few here. When does he get in a stand-up comedy? Soon. Cool. Another story that comes up about him a lot is when he and his best mate, Laddie Tipton, who I mentioned before. Oh, you didn't Laddie. mention his name was Laddie. You just said Tipton. Laddie. Laddie Tipton, another cracking name. Yeah. They were um, they were together during a battle, and two Germans exited a house about a hundred yards or ninety meters away from them, and they waved a white flag. So Tipton uh, made himself visible, beckoned for the German soldiers to come towards him, and he was immediately killed by machine gun fire oh, coming from within the house. Laddie was. Yeah, that is a dog act. That you do is... not make fun of the white flag system. No, what's the point of it? That ruins it for everyone. What's else? the yeah. point of the white flag system? That's. That's a dog. I thought that he was going to dog them, but they dogged him. Oh, he was going to be like, okay, come Come on over and he was going to, which would have, I would have looked very unfavorably upon him, but now I look unfavorably upon the others. Yeah. Yeah. The Germans. They dogged him. So he gets, uh, he gets killed by the machine gun fire. It was a bit of a trap. And Audie later wrote, I remember the experience as I do a nightmare, a demon seems to have entered my body. My brain is coldly alert and logical. I do not think of the danger to myself. My whole being is concentrated on killing. Oh. So he goes batshit. Right. Would, would I be right in saying that those guys who shot him were Nazis? Well, 
I guess. Because, you know, that does not reflect favourably on them. Yeah. Sorry to any Nazis out there, but this doesn't look good for you. That, yeah, I'm actually, I'm getting a pretty hard and fast rule about them that they're bad. And I don't don't like black and white like that. I know, but I think I have to agree. Well, to be honest, I, I haven't seen many examples of them doing any good, mm. you know. But, hey, I'd love to be proven wrong. Yeah. I would love that. Would you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so Audie advanced alone on the house, seemingly impervious to the German fire that was being directed straight at him. He wounded two Germans, killed six, took the others as prisoners. His actions that day took approximately an hour, during which he killed eight German soldiers, wounded three, and took 11 as prisoners. And for this, he received the Distinguished Service Cross. He's just a one-man one-man yeah. army. Yeah. I, I like to imagine uh, him just like, is it when they Mel Gibson's on The Simpsons and he's just like rubbing his face going, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> That's how I like to imagine Audie Murphy, just th- like going batshit. I was thinking of him like, um, like Grandpa in Grandpa Simpson in the army, where he's just like a badass from the hell, hellfish, flying hellfish, flying hellfish. Yeah, just sitting on hand grenades and just <laughs> doing whatever it takes. Yeah, well, sure. Is That's that the same? Some Dr- sort of mix of the two. Yeah, Dressing like up as a bailiff dancer, <laughs> yeah, son of Hitler. Whatever it takes. Whatever it that takes. is not I L booby. They were brave to take on Hitler, were they? Yeah. Four. So yeah, he got the uh, Distinguished Service Cross, and this is the second highest military award that can be given to a member of the United States Army. I mean, you kill that many people, capture that many people on your own, and you get the second highest. It's uh, this, what is number one doing? Well, the Distinguished Service Cross is for extremely extreme gallantry and risk of life in actual combat with an armed enemy force. And this award is only given when uh, like the all of the criteria isn't met for the honour medal. It's, so it's just like one step below, but it's still a huge, it's not uh, given out all that often. So it's just like a bo- one box wasn't ticked or something, something like that? Something like that, yeah. I wonder what the box was. I don't know. There's no damsel in distress or something like that. It's probably I'm swearing not. or something. Yeah. He, did, oh. he didn't look that cool when he did it. I see. Yeah. But speaking of looking cool when he did something. Hell yeah. This is the citation uh, from when he re- did receive a Medal of Honour. And I want to read it because it it uh, explains exactly what happened. So it says, 2nd Lieutenant Murphy commanded Company B, which was attacked by six tanks and waves of infantry. 2nd Lieutenant Murphy ordered his men to withdraw to prepared positions in a woods while he remained forward at his command post and continued to give fire directions to the artillery by telephone. Behind him, to his right, one of our tanks, one of our tank destroyers received a direct hit and began to burn. Its crew withdrew to the woods. Second Lieutenant Murphy continued to direct artillery fire, which killed a large number of the advancing enemy infantry. With the enemy tanks abreast of his position, Second Lieutenant Murphy climbed on the burning tank destroyer. So the tank's on fire, he climbs up on it. On it which was in danger of blowing up at any moment, and employed its 50 caliber machine gun against the enemy. He was alone and exposed to German fire from three sides, but his deadly fire killed dozens of Germans and caused their infantry attack to waver. The enemy tanks, losing infantry support, began to fall back. 
For an hour, the Germans tried every available weapon to eliminate Second Lieutenant Murphy, but, <laughs> but he continued to hold his position and wiped out a squad which was trying to creep up unnoticed on his right flank. Germans reached as close as 10 yards, only to be mowed down by his fire. He received a leg wound, but ignored it and continued the single-handed fight until his ammunition was exhausted. He then made his way to his company, refused medical attention, and organised the company in a counterattack, which forced the Germans to withdraw. Apparently he called basically a fire on his exact location, and so they blew up the tank as he walked away from it and didn't look back. What a... Bad ass. Yeah. Yep. So for that, he got a uh, honor medal. So that's the top one. Medal of honor. Yes, that's right. So now he's got the first and the second highest medals. He's got all of them. I'll go into that. Um, when he was asked later why he'd seized the machine gun and taken on an entire company of German infantry, he replied simply, "They were killing my friends." <laughs> um, um. Okay. Interesting well, question. I'll field this one. What would you do? You wouldn't. You know, in history, there's always like when he was later asked, who are these people asking these questions? Yeah. <laughs> who was asking, was it his grandson or something? Why'd you do it? Why'd you do that, Grandpa? What? Uh, Wait. Kill the, my friends. Kill the enemy? Yeah. Why, oh, did, I, why did I what, do sorry, my job? Was in a, in, a, in a war. He was later why'd asked. I go, why'd I go above and beyond? Yeah, I get that. The question would have been something like, why'd you, like, you, yeah. you're almost reckless with your own life. Well, you were reckless yeah. with your own life. Why? Yeah, and he's like, I don't know, just pretty insane. But he, like, to him, the question was probably like, yeah, of course I did. Mm. But the question's been asked because most people would be like, that I, is, I would run, I would turn and run. It's uh... Dave wouldn't run; he'd fly in his little drone. Yeah, <laughs> beat me up, Scotty. <laughs> he calls his drone Scotty. It's really weird. <laughs> he thinks it's alive. <laughs> Scotty, I need some uh, sustenance. You got any chocolate milk up there? <laughs> For the last time, my name's Greg. <laughs> I'm a pilot. I'm a pilot. <laughs> Shut up. I'm trying Back to concentrate. <laughs> Greg. Chocolate milk. Scotty, where's the chocolate milk in here? Don't don't be a tired ass, Scotty. Give me that chocolate milk. <laughs> I'll just keep sipping until you insert it into my mouth. <laughs> we that's... don't have that technology. Yeah. Scotty. And taken out of context, that's a terrible sentence. Um, <laughs> not done yet. All right. <laughs> now you done? Well, for now. For now. Um, <laughs> Audie also uh, suffered from post-traumatic stress, which I think makes sense. Um, which back then was either called shell shock or battle fatigue. I'd heard battle shell shock fatigue. before, but battle fatigue is fun. Um, uh, he was plagued with insomnia and bouts of depression, and he slept with a loaded pistol under his pillow even after the war. He had headaches, vomiting, and nightmares. But in an effort to draw attention to the problems of returning Korean War and Vietnam War veterans much later, he spoke out candidly about his own problems with post-traumatic stress and he called on the government to give increased consideration and study to the emotional impact of combat experiences and to extend healthcare benefits to war veterans. So he used his bad experience to try and help other people. Holy shit. And like I said before, with all stories of war and particularly World War II badasses, there's a lot more to his story, but I just picked a few key war elements because I also want to talk about what he did after. So at the end of the war, he was considered one of the most decorated soldiers in history, being awarded 33 medals and honours. It would be hard to march with that. Yeah, it would be heavy. Yeah, um, some, occasionally you'll see veterans with just 
there's no room left on their shirt. There's so yeah. many medals. He would be that. He'd need a second shirt, or they'd be on the back, or something. And they're all as well. like they're made of metal, right? So they're mm. they'd be heavy. Some of them are pretty significant. But he's also decorated for bravery by the governments of France and Belgium. And he was credited with killing over 240 German soldiers and wounding and capturing many more. Which is always kind of a weird thing with war, isn't it, to be like, wow, he killed all those people. But it's like they're still people. Yeah. I agree the Nazi party, bad. We all agree on that. But people are people. But ah, it's so strange. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, it's not. I mean, the soldiers, right? They're doing the they're doing the job. That's what they got to do. Yeah. It's the yeah, the fuckheads who are making wars happen. Yeah. People like and I don't want to go out on a limb, but I maybe I will. Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Yep. Started a big war. There. We said it. He's I'm going to say a real piece of shit. Yep. I think you might be. Maybe right. I'd say worse than that. I don't want to I don't want to. Two pieces of shit. No. A bigger piece of shit. Whoa, one really big piece of just, shit. I just think he's one of the worst. Almost almost iconically bad. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. If it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, not in a way that's like, oh, my God, it's expanding, like yeah, yeah. More physically. Like it's growing more customers, yes. more interest. Not like it's going to explode. Yeah, not like it's a building that's like blowing up and yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And I don't think they mean for marriage. You can sell your products on an online store, whether you sell physical or digital products, or you offer services like massage or oh. nails. Oh my gosh. Or uh, consulting. Should we, after this, get Manny Petty? <laughs> Babe, I've already booked us in. <laughs> um, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. You know, what about blogging tools, you yeah. might be asking? I like to blog. I love to blog. I like to blog. I like to vlog. Yes. Well, Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. You can categorize, you can share, and schedule to make your content work for you. Scheduling is the best. Oh. Yeah. It looks like Jess has just uploaded something, What? It, but it's like 3 a.m. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the exact time I wanted to do it in New York City, baby. Exactly. Capture that New York market. Yeah. You mentioned vlogging as well. If you're into vlogging, you can organize your video library, showcase your content on beautiful video pages, sell access to your videos with member areas. The possibilities are endless. Now head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Wow. And can I just say that is not IR booby. <laughs> Um, so, yes, he's a very decorated soldier. And keep in mind the majority of his awards were given to him before he was even 20 years old. 
Anyway, what have you wow. done with your life? So, uh, look, I don't I have did... time for you to list what you've done in the last seventeen centuries. No, I just, I just need you to know. Don't hang around waiting for me to achieve any of that. God, no. Okay, oh, yes. no. No, no, no. Um, so in uh, July of 1945, uh, Audie was on, uh, he was in Life magazine, which caught the eye of actor and producer James Cagney. <gasps> and he brought him to Hollywood. James and his brother William signed him uh, as a contract player for their production company and gave him training in acting, voice, and dance. They never actually <laughs> they never cast him in a movie. Triple threat. And a personal disagreement ended their association in 1947. But he caught the bloody bug. Right. So, so he's singing, acting, and dancing. Yep. Yeah. He uh, he befriended a Hollywood writer called David Speck McClure. And they collaborated uh, when Audie wrote his uh, autobiography called To Hell and Back, which was released in 1949. McClure used his connections to get Murphy a $500 or equivalent to about $5,000 bit part in Texas, Brooklyn and Heaven. And he'd been dating Hollywood actress Wanda Hendricks for a couple of years and her agent got him a bit part in the 1948 Alan Ladd film Beyond Glory. Um, But his first leading role and kind of his big break was a film in 1949 called Bad Boy. <laughs> oh, With Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. This is before he changed his name to Martin Lawrence. Right. But, <gasps> yeah. Whoops, spoiler. So he's Big Mama's house as well. Yeah. This guy's done a lot. <laughs> he's done so much. Now, the film's called Bad Boy and uh, the film's financial backers refused to bankroll the project unless Audie Murphy was given the lead role. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Hey, I, I will only fund this film if you put someone who's never properly acted. Yeah, exactly. In the lead role. And that's why Allied <laughs> yeah. Artists didn't wanna didn't wanna give it to an inexperienced actor. But they were the other like, way around right. it's like, all right, well you sure you can have this film as long as you attach a very famous name to it. Yeah, yeah. this one's like no but I mean he is very famous, just not for acting. Right. He's been all over newspapers and he's, uh, yeah, a lot, he's, he's a household name. Right. Well, I mean, you know, that uh, would definitely get attention, especially if he's good in it. Yeah. Probably all really bad. Oh, bad boy. Oh, that's It's called I mean. bad boy. You're yeah, really it's leaving. bad the, acting. It's open to the critics there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. There was one bad boy in this film. <laughs> the film. And I'm not talking about <laughs> the character. Oh. No. Um, Universal Studios signed Audie to a seven-year studio contract at $2,500 a week, which is equivalent to about $25,000 a week. For seven years? Yep. That's over a million dollars a year. Whoa. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Holy moly. So now Before would you he... go to war? Was he good in Bad Boy? <laughs> I never said it. Dave said he would be in a drone. Yes, I wouldn't go to war because I, was I asking am very you. anti-war. Oh. Look, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to go to war um, for an for the, acting for contract. The chance <laughs> to make twenty five grand a week. So why are you here? Acting contract. <laughs> obviously, the um, fucking that's cr- so huge. obviously. Bad boy was very successful then. For yeah, them bad boy was it. bad boy did well. Yeah, but uh, he, some of his other work did even better. <gasps> so, uh, Audie married actress. Uh, Wanda Hendricks in 1949. They'd been dating for a couple of years. However, their marriage didn't last and their divorce became final two years later in 1951. And four days after his divorce was finalised, he married former airline stewardess Pamela Opal Lee Archer. Good name. 
four names. Love it. Has what? not been a bad name in this episode. I agree. Well, he, they went on to have two sons, Terry Michael, not amazing, and James Shannon, also a bit plain. But when your name's Audie. Yeah. And he hated that his name was Audie. Oh, okay. So he gave his sons boring names. Sorry, Terry and James. But Terry and James. No, I, I feel that. Mm. I got I got the boring names as well. My yeah, actually, I can't Audie. talk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, we got three of the most dullard names yeah. right here. <laughs> no. In, uh, in 1955, Audie's autobiography to Helen Beck was, uh, was to be made. I would have called it Audie biography. Oh, that is good. Is it? That is. That's good stuff. So good. Yeah. So it was set to be made into a film. It was going to be directed by uh, Jesse Hibbs. And Audie was initially reluctant to play himself, but he eventually agreed. So he played himself in a movie based on a book about himself. That he'd written. That he'd written. And he was like, I'm finding it hard to relate to this character. I just don't know if so, I can play me. So he, what? how old is he now? He's uh, Pushing 19... forty, and he's got a no, plan. No, nineteen fifty-five. He's um, he's he's in his thirties. 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 So he only has to. So and he's going and playing a, a guy pretending to be eighteen. I guess so. Hey, I'm. Oh no, it's me. I'm not. You're. There's no it's... way you're eighteen. Oh, I am. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way eighteen. You're obviously thirty years old. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Seventeen, pretending no, to be eighteen. I did read. I didn't write I'm it late. down. But I did read uh, a couple of places that he, in the, like the edit of the film, Audie cut out a few kind of key things because he felt people wouldn't believe that it was real. Like it was, they, it was, it's that situation of like the truth is stranger than fiction. There were some right. things that people would be like, bullshit, he didn't do that. And he was like, I did, but I'll cut it out because people won't believe how much of a badass I am. Hell yeah. So, To Hell and Back became the biggest hit in the history of Universal Studios at the time. What? And I'm pretty sure I read somewhere it uh, it remained their biggest film until Jaws in 1975. So, wow. for 20 what? years, it was their best. And that was the highest grossing film ever to that point, Jaws. Yeah. It's a, it was a megastar. Yeah, it was huge. Like, yeah, very few people get to the top of any game, and he's done it twice. Soldier and actor. He's not done. <gasps> oh, what's he going to be? What's Do you want to have be? a guess? What's he going to be? Do you want to have a guess? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> politician, I reckon. Uh, no. Matt? Uh, yeah, that's a good guess. Well, he also trained in dance and song. Is it singer? <laughs> yes. Well done. He's going to be a singer. Kind like of. A, a crooner? No, he was a fan of country music. Um, but he wasn't a singer or a musician himself, but um, through... Uh, that doesn't matter in that genre. No. But, th- oh. <laughs> but through Friends, he was introduced to a songwriter called Scott Turner and they collaborated on numerous songs between... Scott 19- Turner, is he the beatboxer? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's not you even just, his name. He just broke Dave. He punched <laughs> the wall. <laughs> that guy from Australian Idol Season 1, is that what you mean? <laughs> Probably, I don't know. What's his name? That was Joel Turner. Yeah, that's definitely who Matt meant. <laughs> what a reference to go for. Okay. So obscure and it was the wrong name. Okay. I mean, it, I do that we every... Should, we should clarify it's quite late and 
So Dave's I, very tired. I feel like we're endlessly <laughs> clarifying. It's quite late. Just assume it's late, <laughs> yeah. unless we say, "Oh, it's early in the morning." It's early. And by early, we mean two a.m. Yeah, just just assume always. I, we should have said this a hundred episodes ago. Assume always that it's late at night, mm. and at least one of us is fucked. <laughs> okay, Dad. Yeah, if John, John, if you are listening, he please. is. He cares about us. Hey, John, thanks so much for uh, tuning in. And uh, when Jess said, who's it going to be before, in that funny way, that's a reference to my favourite podcast mm. called Sizzletown. You should check it out. <laughs> What's it gonna... Anyway. What's it going to be? We say it a lot off mic. I accidentally brought it on mic there. Uh, it's okay. And I thought I needed to give it context. I probably didn't. But that is a great hot tip for a podcast. Mm. Tony Martin. We all love him. Australian comedy legend. Don't speak for me, Dave. Oh, he was talking about me and him. We all, and he pointed at me. Oh, that's, yeah, that's the dynamic, isn't it? It's we you all. Two, and then against yeah. the world. But yeah. you're telling me you don't love Tony Martin. No, I do. I just don't like you speaking on my behalf. I like to be consulted. Thank you. Anyway, so they collaborated on numerous songs between 1962 and 1970, the most successful of which was Shutters and Boards and... When the wind blows in Chicago. He hired a professional lyricist for this? Yeah. Well, apparently he used to write a bit of poetry and stuff as well, a couple of which are in his book. But, um, Shudder and more. Well, in his defence, he was normally a beatboxer, not a lyricist. So. Yeah. <laughs> he just writes down words like boom and ch. Yeah. Yeah. And wiki, wiki, wiki. Uh, wiki. And I break it down. <laughs> God, don't guys, don't give away too much of our musical experience. Okay, okay. okay we'll intimidate people with sure. our skill. Um, his his singing career it didn't it was not it wasn't anything, but he did it as well. We didn't get heaps of success or anything from that. But throughout an acting career spanning from 1948 to 1969, why aren't you nice. saying that right? Nineteen nineteen forty eight. I was like. Am I doing that thing again where I make 1800s, 1900s? 1948 to 1969. All right. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, he made more than 40 feature films and one television series. 40 feature films. That's two a year. That's crazy. I love it when he does quick maths. I love it. Plus a TV series. Because sometimes I'm like, that's a bit. And then Dave jumps in. I'm like, it is a bit. I nailed it. <laughs> two feature films a year. He's laughing. That's a lot of work. Um, apart from being a decorated soldier, a film star, a country musician, a husband and a father, he also bred quarter horses at the Audie Murphy Ranch. Naming a ranch after yourself. Come on, mate, think of a name. I reckon someone would have done that. Probably one of the horses. Named it Audie yeah. Murphy. Audie Murphy. And he went, all right, I feel a bit silly why, naming why it. Why called Audie Murphy? You know, Mr. Ed? No. Okay. <laughs> There's a whole new character called Horsey Talky Talk. <laughs> Hi, I'm Horsey Talky Talk, and I want to name this here ranch Orny Murphy. Is that his name? Ordy. Ordy. I've been saying it <laughs> this sorry. whole time. I'm afraid I've already written it down. It's going to cost $100 in admin if you want to change it. I'll leave it as it is. <laughs> Orny Murphy. We know what you mean. Could you pass over a, another bit of... <laughs> Peanut butter? It's the only way I know how to talk. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. So he's raising horses and he also loved to have a punt. 
So he's uh, he would gamble on his on his horses. Oh, nice! This is downfall. His gambling left his finances in a poor state. He's making a million bucks a year, and yeah. he's lost it. In 1968, he stated that he lost two hundred and sixty thousand dollars in an Algerian oil deal, and was dealing with the IRS over unpaid taxes. Yeah, who, who? I mean, who hasn't done that? We've all lost two hundred sixty k. Well. Luckily for me, it wasn't quite that much. But those Algerian dropped, oil deals. I dropped mine in a drain. Your 216 million. Yeah. God, I felt like a real goose. I find it fascinating when super rich people gamble. I feel like gambling's for people who are like, I need I need some money. Yeah. I need but to when take you've a already chance. got it, it's like, what's the win? More money? You've already got it. You got so much. I mean, I do get why it's a bit of fun. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm... Anyway, I sort of I, I get why you might do it in little bits and pieces, but if you've already got heaps of money, I don't get why people gamble heaps of money. Again, Matt, that is beautiful, and thank that, you. Well, I'm just looking for answers. Can you explain it to me? No, why I'm, do you do it? I'm not mega rich. But you, what? The I answer less than you. You already said the right answer. More money. More money. That's the answer. More yeah. money, more problems, Dave. Remember that. Dave? No money, no problems. Oh. More money, more he, I'm problems. I'm so sorry. He's already written it down. No money. No, I'm afraid it's going to be a $100 well, admin fee. Um, just to tell you, come on, jump on board. I'm taking you for a ride to oh. Christmas past. Does a uh, um, horsey talkie talk at Christmas horsey past? Talk, does horsey talkie talk work at the casino? No, but I do gallop in time. Is horsey talkie talk okay? No. <laughs> Okay. Could you call my vet? Vetty. Vetty, Vetty, Vet. Vetty, make me feel better, Vet. Eddie, Vetty. Eddie, Vetty, Vet, Vet. Okay, I'm going to have a quick break. Yeah, again. okay. Thank you. Off you go. So clip, in- clop, clip, clop, <laughs> clip, clop. <laughs> that horse has been put out to pasture. <laughs> in spite of his financial difficulties, he refused to appear in commercials for alcohol and cigarettes as he wasn't a smoker or a drinker. And he was mindful of the influence he would have on the youth market. He's like, I'm not selling out, man. Mm. Mm. I mean, morally great decision. Financially, not so good. Not great. Um, On the 28th of May, 1971, Audie was a passenger on a private plane flying from Atlanta, Georgia to Martinsville, Virginia. A couple of hours into the flight, the aircraft crashed into Brush Mountain, uh, 20 miles west of Roanoke, in conditions of rain, cloud, fog, and zero visibility, terrible conditions. Um, the pilot and all the passengers were killed, and Audie was only 45 years old. Um, the oh, so he died as well? He died. What? Oh. I thought for sure he was going to somehow fall through. No, no. So he was killed in the uh, in this plane crash. The pilot had a private pilot license uh, and 8,000 hours of flying time. But uh, he uh, basically he didn't have the correct qualifications or license to be flying that type of aircraft. He needed, oh god! So something else from on there. Um, but it was a commercial flight. No, it was a, it was a, a private jet. Oh right, private plane. You did not prepare me emotionally for him to die. Then that felt like we were still mid-story. I did say the pilot and all of the passengers were killed. Yeah, but before that, that, that at that point I realized what when, had happened. That's yeah. when we both realized. I'm not sure that. how you would like me to have led up to it. Sadly, like, sad. Um, Tragic, uh, but tragically, his mm-hmm. final journey. Okay, well, thank you for your notes. His They're luck, too late. His luck finally ran out when... 
you know, okay. after all his bad oh, well, gambling luck, his, yeah. his luck continued to be yeah. poor, but this time fatally. <laughs> he took the biggest gamble of his life when he got on board a plane okay. with a, an unlicensed pilot. No, I don't like any of this. I'm mentioning a flight here and just probably assume I haven't mentioned any before now. Maybe this something bad's about to happen. Okay, thank you again for your notes. Oh, so, you could have just looked Matt in the yep. eye and said, I'm sorry. I mean, you could have bad. started that paragraph without a big grin on your face. You were smiling the whole yeah. way through. I'm reading your body language going, something cool is about to happen. He's going to parachute yeah. out. I thought he was had survived. It did look like she was building to something like that. No, I just wanted to get through it because it was hard and it's a comedy podcast and I'd like to move on. Well, I think... We've moved on pretty well here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we haven't, good we haven't dwelled on anything. 45. I cannot yeah. believe all of that happened. Yeah. <laughs> he made 40 films <laughs> and he got 30-something war medals. Yep. <laughs> that what a, that's crazy, isn't I it? cannot believe that. Incredible. I assumed you were about to tell me he was 80 or something. <laughs> no. He married twice. He had those kids. Yeah. I, yeah. Incredible. He had like these Hollywood lo- wives. Well, it, wives. No, the, I realised the second one was was not a Hollywood. It just feels like he just went through these different phases. Like now I'm going to be a country singer. Now I'm going to be a Hollywood actor. Yeah. Now I'm going to be in the art. Like this is in reverse, obviously. Now I'm going to be a gambler. Sadly, now I'm going to be a toddler. Now I'm going to be a baby. <laughs> now I'm going to be in my mum's tummy. <laughs> um, oh, I'm bummed. He was buried with full military honours at Arlington National Cemetery in June of 1971 and in attendance were Ambassador to the UN George H.W. Bush, who only just passed away himself, uh, Army Chief of Staff William West, uh, Westmoreland, Westmoreland and many of the 3rd Infantry Division, so the um, his fellow soldiers. A special flagstone walkway was later constructed to accommodate the large number of people who visited to pay their respects. Um, it's the cemetery's second most visited gravesite after that of uh, JFK. Wow. So people still go Where's and Arlington? Visit. Uh, Virginia. Arlington, Virginia. And the, Yeah, so was he connected to the, he was on his way to Virginia because he was a Texan, right? Originally, yes. Yeah, right. Arlington. Hmm. I think they've got a big, big military base. Right. That, maybe that's it. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, the headstones of Medal of Honor recipients buried at Arlington National Cemetery are normally decorated in gold leaf, but Audie had previously requested that his stone remain plain and inconspicuous like that of an ordinary soldier. So oh. his, his is just normal and Unfortunately, plain. because everything else is gold, it actually makes his stand out more than <laughs> anything else in that cemetery. You look for the one that isn't gold and you know you're looking at his. Yeah, you're like, oh, there's Audie. Um, Trying to stand out. <laughs> we'll have to try and visit. That would be cool. And uh, just finally as well, there were lots of other different um, honours, both in terms of military and also civilian, that were bestowed on him uh, during his lifetime and also posthumously, including a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He's got one. He's got it all. Oh, man. Yeah. So that is my He's report. got a star on the fa- Well, I- I'm afraid I've just got to correct myself here. Just before people get on Twitter, there's also an Arlington in Texas, so he may have been buried there, but right, there is okay. the big one in Virginia as well. Oh, right. Okay. Is there a Bruce Springsteen song called Arlington County? Doesn't matter. Maybe. That does not matter. Anyway, that's my report on Audie Murphy. What, what if are... I, I, re- I had not heard of him, but what an amazing badass. Yeah, yeah when, when you said at the start, like, oh, I haven't heard of him, I was like, well, how many of these badasses have we ever Mm. Heard of. 
Look, he yeah, looks like a Hollywood. It. Oh, he's a babe. Is, I was going to ask, is he a really attractive? Guy? Yeah, he's he's quite good looking. He kind of looks a bit like the guy who plays Bucky in Captain America. Weirdly, ah. that is very strange. Oh, he is JFK is in Arlington, Virginia. So it is Virginia. So I need not say, but I just thought I'd better look that up just to stop people getting in the way. Yeah, <laughs> just before you tweet. So yeah, pretty amazing life, huh? Yeah, you're right. By forty five to have done so much. It's crazy. And that it was the biggest grossing film for uh, Universal for about until, 20 years. until Jaws. Yeah. One of the big studios. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? Oh, I've got a photo here just because I want to look him up. Uh, Pulling the Dukes. Yeah, he did, he did oh, a few, yeah. uh, oh, that's did a a great few shot. Western films. Uh, while we're doing corrections, Bruce Springsteen has a song, Darlington County. Right. Close. <laughs> Very close. Any connection? Any relation to Arlington, Virginia? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Wow. I'm, I'm fascinated by that guy. Yeah. You know when you don't know someone exists and then you hear about them and then they die and you feel like, ah, oh, yeah. I, I could have I gone was... my whole life without knowing about well, it. Well, even so though I'm, I'm pretty sure still... if he hadn't died in that plane crash, he probably would either be very, very old or have already passed of natural causes yes, anyway. Surely, so yeah. I think he probably lived a pretty extraordinary life for for his 45 years. He packed a lot into 45 years. And I feel so inspired that that weedy little guy could grow up to be he a war hero. He does look like a weedy little guy. A babe, an yeah. actor, a country singer, and terrible gambler. All of my big passions in life. Yeah, that's the dream. That's a dream combo. But by my age, he'd won several awards, both for military and film. Oh, way before your age. Yeah, so long ago. So there's a section on, I'm just on his Wikipedia page where it says um, awards and then they just have a list of them. Yep. And it just feels like you're scrolling for minutes before you get to the bottom of his yeah. military awards. Yep. Wow. Fantastic. Did we say who suggested that? Was oh, that... thank you. Yeah. Um, it was suggested by a few people. Right. Um, Maybe big in America. Three people. Jeremiah, Russell and Clay all suggested that one. So thank you. Thanks, guys. Because that was a very cool topic. And the Patreons voted on it? Yeah, that's right. I put up um, basically uh, four biographies that I could have done this this week and um, it was a pretty tight race for most of it and then Audi kind of took off at the end. So it was That's a, here's a clear winner. Classic Audi. Yeah, so very cool. Thank you for, uh, thank you for voting. So good. Thanks so much, Bopper. Pleasure. That was amazing. And What uh, a, a story, huh? Um. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to check out some of those movies. Jeez, I hope he's done a movie with a primate in it. Oh, that If he's done so 40 great. movies, one of them's got to. Sure, that's got to be in your contract, right? Yeah, I reckon, especially in those days. Yeah. We, we, we'll, I'll look into that and let you know. You up for coming on another primate? Absolutely not. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know what, it, what I can do. <laughs> if, if even Audie won't get you on. <laughs> Even though you've done more episodes than anyone else. <laughs> oh, have uh, I? I want to maintain that record. I think you've, you've probably been on a quarter of the episodes. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Oh. Uh, well, that brings us uh, to a fantastic. A bit, do you like how I'm saying fantastic? Fantastic. fantastic. Is that Liam Neeson? I don't know where you've I You've been doing it, it for a while. I have been doing it for a while. Fantastic. And I love it. It's fun to say. Fantastic. Oh. oh, that is fantastic. It's fun to hear. Oh, great. Well, that is good to hear. That is fantastic to hear. Uh, this week's fact, quote, or questioner comes from maybe our he's, maybe he's our gold standard Patreon. He's our he donates more than anyone else. He's a wild man. His name is Brian Colella. Brian, you beautiful man. Dave, do you know how? Can you explain this segment 
in brief? For fact, quite a question. Yeah. Well, basically, if you support the show on Patreon, which you can do if you want to keep the show uh, ticking along, you go to patreon.com slash dogoonpod, and in exchange you get some rewards for your stuff, including two bonus episodes a month for some tiers, shout-outs, and also the fact quote or question section of the show where you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question that we will answer. And you also get to give yourself a beautiful nickname. You do. A title. That's why I asked you to do it, because I always forget. I know fact, quote, or question, you get to give one of three things. I'm like, I'll always remember two of those. Um, fact, quote, or question, you get to give a fact or a question. No, no, anyway. What were the three again? Fact, quote, or question. Fact, quote, or question. So the segment's called fact, quote, or question. You can give, sorry, Dave. A fact. A fact, yes. A quote. Okay. Which is from someone else. And, or yourself. And a fact. Or a question. A question. Thank you very which much. Which we'll answer. And this week, Brian Colella, he's given himself the title. I've I've read his name and I've spoken to him online a bunch of times. I've never had an, a try at saying it out loud. Hopefully that is right. Brian Colella. Colella is a possible alt, alt take. Jess, if you could edit in the right one. <laughs> Brian Colella or Brian Colella. Colella. <laughs> Brian Colella, he's given himself the title World's Greatest Two in the Think Tank Listener. Oh. Because he he's he's a great big fan I of love that he's jumped ship. Podcast. Well, it's interesting because that podcast has come up a few times in this episode. Yeah. Um, and can I just give you a message from Alistair? Yeah. Hello. So, what's the fact, quote, or question? Brian's fact, quote, or question is a fact, and this is the fact: there is a society for people born in space started by a NASA astronaut named Harrison Schmidt, who was born in Santa Rita, New Mexico. After an expanding open pit mine consumed the town and turned it into space. Can you believe that? What do you mean into space? Uh, So this is from the Albuquerque Journal, uh, and it's talking about the astronaut Schmidt. said, uh, one of the most fascinating things about Schmidt is a distinction he shares with baseball Hall of Fame slugger Ralph Kiner and a couple of hundred other people. He was born in space. Actually, he... And the others were born in a real town, Santa Rita, New Mexico, that no longer exists. The one-time frontier town became a company town with two churches and a hospital. Then it was chewed up bit by bit by the ever-expanding open-pit copper mine, which is all that remains today. People who were born at the Santa Rita Hospital have called themselves the Society for People Born in Space and meet now and then for a a reunion beside the yawning pit. It's a town right. that, so it's been sucked up by the earth, so they say they that it doesn't exist there anymore. Space. That's kind of cool. So it's no longer on earth where they were born. Right, so if the hospital where I was born was bulldozed, I'm now born in space. Uh, if it was sucked up by the earth, yes. Or by a bulldozer, yes. Right, sucked into a bulldozer. If a bulldozer sucks it in, I'll allow it. Okay. But otherwise, not on your fat bippy, boppy. I'll try and uh, join the society then. Yeah, great. I'll try. Well, that means I'll, I'll try bulldoze and, the I'll hospital, try and bulldoze first, hospital yeah. Yeah. Well, no, not bulldoze. Your bulldozer needs to suck it. No, in. I'm going to bulldoze it, and then obviously there'll be a lot of rubble and dust, and I'll vacuum. vacuum. Yeah, whip out the old Dyson and air blade. God, I'd love a sponsorship from Dyson. My vacuum cleaner is on the fritz. Oh, I've got a Dyson. I can tell you it's I great. I cannot so afford a Dyson. I will. Back. Yeah, look, Affluent East over here can afford uh, a Dyson. I can't can. afford a Dyson. I live like. Less than a kilometre away from Dave, but Do you borrow the on the Dyson? wrong side of the tracks. Yeah, I'm on the wrong side. Can I come over and borrow the Dyson? It's great. My only complaint: the charge isn't long enough. Yeah, to 
vacuum the entire mansion in one go. Yeah, I mean, I've got multiple Dysons, obviously. I assume your cleaner is probably furious about that. Mm. Yeah. I can vacuum my entire house in five minutes. Really? Yeah, it's really small. You're that good. (laughs) Yes, that's it. I'm that good. Um, Hey, let's thank some people. Thanks so much for that fact, Brian. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Brian, I'll see you in space. Okay, my house. Um, I had an idea too. So what we always do at the uh, end is uh, we thank some people who uh, support us on Patreon. Um, If you want to jump on there, do go on pod. No, patreon.com slash do go on pod. And you can support the show, get all these rewards Dave was talking about. And one of those is we will give you a shout out. And I was thinking this time we could call them the real life and then insert fictional character. Oh, okay. That's, that's good. That's good Do you stuff. like that? That is one of the best for a while. Thank you so much. Can I kick off? Please. Please. I would like to thank from a place we just were, <gasps> London. Oh, I was thinking you were going to say my house. We were not at my house. <laughs> I won't have you there. We were at my house, as in we were at our, each of our own houses. That's true. I we would... were at my house. Yes. Oh boy, I'm. I wouldn't go to either of your filthy, unvacuumed houses. I'm it vacuumed just poorly. I anyway. vacuumed yesterday. Well, did you vacuum today? No. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I did spill garlic bread on the floor today. Spill garlic. Garlic. I got crumbs everywhere. Is that spilling? Okay. How dropped. good do you think the Dyson is? <laughs> I dropped garlic. It's going to suck up a crumbs. whole garlic bread. You just suck up the whole loaf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I find that image so funny. <laughs> well, that's ruined. <laughs> Put it into space. From London, I would like to thank Tom Rourke. Oh, great name. Oh, that's good that's name. like a name. Yeah, I love that. Tom Rourke. Tommy Rourke. The real life James Bond. Oh, oh. that is good. He said spy name. Yeah, yeah, it is. Tom Rourke, the real life James Bond. Yeah. Wow. MI6, that's London, baby. Best name. Best name, in my opinion. Mm. Is that, yeah, you happy with that one? Yeah. I don't think anyone would complain about that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I don't want to be a super spy who gets all the chicks. Um, I would also like to thank. (laughs) I say that every day. From Lincolnshire, (gasps) also in Great Britain, Alex Garrow. Oh, I Alex like that Garrow. too. Garrow, the real life phantom. Ooh, lives behind a waterfall. The ghost that walks. My favourite superhero. Yeah, we know. Also, kind of like the worst superhero. No, right? no, he's not. Yeah, but also Billy Zane. Oh, Billy Zane's he's a so dream, cool. Yep. So hot. Oh, yeah. But the fan, it's sort of like not a great superhero, right? Yeah, I mean, I think people that love superheroes bag it out a bit, but then I think it's really... You're part of it. Like, I know a lot of Melbourne comedians love him. You really? should form a se- secret society. Really? I, I was... once got bullied by Ronnie Chang about liking him. Oh, well, that's... All right, you've met Ronnie Chang. <laughs> yeah, I got bullied by a celebrity. Sa- Sammy J is a big fan. He did a whole show about okay. it. Okay. Was... You know Sammy J. Well, I know that he did a show about the Phantom. Okay. I actually did see it. It was fantastic. I'm sick of you guys. Just it was bloody good. name dropping left, right and centre over here. Uh, one Is of the only like... Donna guys loves it. Uh, does he? Yeah, I forget which one. Not Broden. You said does he not knowing which one. I'm I'm gonna gonna say, say, I don't care. I don't care. I think it was Zach. I'm I reckon Zach. Zach. I'm happy to know that someone likes it's the Phantom. It's not going to be Broden. He's smart. People always laugh in your face. When you say you love the Phantom, people laugh in your face. Really? No, I'm telling you, there's a lot of fans. I bet we've got listeners who love the Phantom. 
That's why, you know, one of the officers here is painted purple. It's because of the phantom. I paint, I picked it um, phantom purple. That's a true story. Anyway, uh, probably you will not hear a more boring anecdote than that in your life. But, but Matt will try I to top it. that. I, I, I'll try and top it. For us Phantom fans, Phantom Maniacs. Yeah, well, I was a big fan let's of go that. get a photo for Phantoms. this week's episode in front of the purple. Phantoms. <laughs> the Phantom Maniacs. Fuck me. <laughs> We're Phantom Maniacs. I hate all of you. Somebody thank someone. I'd love to thank if I could. <laughs> well, please. Somebody please thank someone. It's so late. Could I thank uh, all the way from Chelsea in me? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I I have I haven't been to Chelsea, but I have been to me. What's me, Dave? That's Maine. Maine. I haven't been. We to We don't Maine. have that many supporters from Maine. It's always cool when yeah. the, the smaller states come. I up. love them small states. Where is Maine? Somewhere up around the edge. Northeast. Northeast. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I said edge. Yeah, you're damn right. I'd love to thank Michelle Stafford, the real life Dave. The real life Dave. <laughs> no. Really? The real life. Uh, Ziggy Stardust. Oh, oh. That is cool. That's great. Good one. Yep. Love that. I have nothing more to say other than I love it. Well, that's all you need. That's a good one. Do you know cause one, which one of you is the Bowie fan? I have a T-shirt that says Bowie. We both like David Bowie. Yeah. So, I, I like him too, but I wouldn't say I'm a super fan. No. Because I I, I, I'm trying to think which one Ziggy Stardust is. He's not the... There's... The yeah, blinding... the, eye, the yeah. eye patch and the red hair. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Blinding Bolt is... No, that is, sorry. Yeah. That is Siggy Stardust. Uh, that is Siggy Stardust? Yes. Uh... Yes, definitely. Okay. What's the red hair one then? The Lightning Bolt is the red hair as well. Who's the thin young duke? The thin white duke. <laughs> I love that he... It's just so funny that he had all those personas. What a man. Uh, the real life. Ziggy Stardust, mm. Michelle Stafford. And I also love to thank from Hong Kong, Hong Kong. We were just there. I had a chicken pie at the airport. He did have a chicken pie. The pastry was sweet, which was different. I liked it. If we ever go to Hong Kong Airport again, can we go outside and stay yes, the night? It please. looks very cool. It looks there. so cool. I've been there, I've been to that airport like half a dozen times. I've never gone outside. In I had hash browns from Burger King and they were great. We have nothing to... but nice words to say about them. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I had a chicken pie. I had hash browns. Yeah. We really, we really expanded our taste buds. We won't say anything bad about it. So from Hong Kong. Oh, sorry. Yes. You, you want more than that? Of course. It's Binoy Shah. Binoy. Hello, Binoy Shah. Jess, you haven't given us life, one yet. Burger King. I get oh. James Bond. Thank you very much. Dave, you haven't given us one yet. <laughs> I think you're the one who hasn't. I'll say the real life. Burger King. Oh. The king of the burgers. King of the burgers. We don't have Burger Kings here. If if it was Australian, it would be the real life Hungry Jack. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice one too. You can take a choice, Benoit. Whatever you prefer. By the way, you have a fantastic name. Love it. Benoit Shah. Very nice to have uh, listeners in Asia, we must say. We are hoping to one day go there as well. Oh, we want to go everywhere. Let's not kid ourselves. We want to take over the world. And I think podcasting is the way to do it. Dave, would you like to thank some people? I'd like to thank a couple of people now to take your time. I'd like to thank from Dublin, one of Jess's favourite spots in the world, Tiernan Ennis. Tiernan! 
Tiernan. This, this would be the same Tiernan. That's Tiernan. That is Tiernan. Yeah. Hello, Tiernan. We know you in real life. We know you in real life. We were in a bit of a pickle in our Edinburgh show, and our we lost our tech like the day before the show, and we put out to Patreon like, somebody please. Can, is anybody kind of good at tech? And Tiernan was like, oh, I'm okay, I guess. And he was a fucking superstar and lovely. And it was great to meet him and his wife, Rachel. Yes, and a big shout out to you as well, Rachel. Appreciate you coming along. And Tiernan, what a pleasure it is to thank you. And I think that Tiernan is the real life. He's on the decks. The real life fat boy Slim. Wow. Because oh. you do know there is a real, a real life fat boy Slim. That is incorrect. Oh. The real life fat boy Slim. Oh, I'm trying to think of his name. It's something Cook. Uh, yes. Uh, something normal, right? Norman Cook. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Anyway, Norm- the- normal Cook. Normal Cook. You know, the Tina Nellis, the real life fat boy Slim. This is good. There's and no- I'd like to praise you. Norman like Quentin yeah. Cook. Please do. Do it. Like I should. <laughs> Hopefully you are fucking in heaven tonight. <laughs> So the lyric is, you are it? my funk soul brother. <laughs> Check it out now. Uh, a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that is what I wish to you. He's 55 years old. Tiernan. Bloody hell, he looks Not good. Not Tiernan. He looks real good uh. for any age. <laughs> hey, I should say for the Bowie fans who are annoyed, this, the lightning strike is Aladdin sane. Is that right? I believe so, yes. I'm so sorry to all concerned. And I would like to move on quickly, out of embarrassment, from Napier in New Zealand. New Zealand. What a great place. I'd like to thank Jackie Miller. Jackie, Jackie Miller. Miller. First that's and a... foremost, Jackie Miller, thank you for your support. Oh, that's a whole... If that isn't a Hollywood industry type from oh. the olden days name, I have never heard yeah. of one. Jackie Miller, if you don't already own like a chain of shops called Jackie Miller... Yeah. Go out and do it now because you'll be rich. Tomorrow. Or like some sort of, you should be, you should have a stable of Hollywood A-listers. Yeah, I agree. I think Jackie Miller is like a real, like if Jackie Miller backs you in yeah. Hollywood, you're going places. Yeah. She is a star maker. Mm. Jackie Miller, the real life Pam. <laughs> Did I do one? I blacked out. Yes. <laughs> You said Pam. Were you, is that the whole way through? Yep. I was thinking like Dreammaker, um, and we've also just said Aladdin same, but I was thinking the genie. Yep, that's also Dreammaker. Where I, that's where I was going with Pam. So the real Pam the Genie. So the, <laughs> yeah. so the real life Pam the Genie. Pam the Genie. <laughs> Sorry, Jackie, but also you're welcome. Yeah. Jackie Miller. Does anyone remember this uh, old uh, not Aladdin, but like there was a, a genie cartoon? Called Bob in the Bottle. No. When was this? The 30s? I think so, yeah. And oh. it went, and the, the theme song went like this. It went, when you're feeling sad and blue, there's only one thing you should do. Put some pepper under your nose. Sneeze away those worries and woes. Bob. Bob in the bottle. He's so nice. Bob. Bob in the bottle. Makes everything like paradise. And you had to sneeze. Jess is looking up to make sure it's real. But I'm. how would I have made all no, of that, that up? That song sounds real, but it, it sounds like the... Oh, Lion yeah, King. No. Isn't that Lion King? No, that's um, Little Jungle Mermaid. Book. Little Mermaid. 
The seaweed is always greener. Ah. Somebody else is like. Off who? You dream about going up there. I love Sebastian. He's fun. Bob. Bob in the bottle. Yeah, very similar. Anyway, so Jackie is the real life Pam the genie. <laughs> Pam the genie. <laughs> Pam. Pam. Great to have you on the board. The genie. Well, that does bring us to the end of another classic episode of Do Go On. Thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you join us again? Please. Possibly next week. Please indulge. Please indulge <laughs> in our back catalogue if you haven't already. Go to dogoonpod.com for links to all the old episodes and, of course, links to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube, which are all the platform slash dogoonpod. And over the next little while, we're going to be putting, to hopefully figuring out some more live shows around the place. So yeah. um, the uh, social media is the best way to figure that out. If you, Or if you're on the Patreon, they always find out first. But if otherwise, if you follow us at dogoonpod on Twitter, Instagram and do go on slash do go on pod on Facebook. And if you go to uh if you do follow us and the shows come out next year, twenty nineteen, it's gonna be the year of the Do Go On podcast live shows. That is a big call to make, Dave. We did and a lot you of li- better follow through. We did a lot of live shows this year, but I'm hoping in my heart of hearts that next year we'll do even more and go even more places, especially places we haven't been before. I'm actually hoping the opposite. <laughs> We yeah. do. We, 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 we go to places we haven't. We have been. I was been really before. hoping to slow down, but make more money. So if you two could so maybe take smaller cuts. Yeah. Okay. Give me more of it, but I. But we definitely do a lot less work. I really got to let you know that you're in the wrong industry if money's what you're after. Was that? <laughs> have you thought of horse gambling? <laughs> Have you thought about starting a chain of stores called Jackie Miller? I'm going to be rich. I'd probably really get into acting. Why don't you just do Hollywood movies? They get paid really well. That guy was getting paid a million a year. Yeah, I might do that. If you yeah. have no experience. All right. I'm going to go do that. See ya. <laughs> oh. huh. It's back to just you and me, Dave. Well, easy come, easy go. So people fly in for three years and fly out again. Oh, well, I guess. We'll be back next week with another episode then, Matt. Yeah. What do you reckon? Do we get it someone else in or just... Let's just try it for us for a bit. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. Well, until next week, guys, uh, thank you so much for, for joining us. As always, suggest a topic anytime at dogoonpod.com and uh, maybe we'll be reporting on your thing next week. But until then, I will say goodbye. Laters. Bye. <gasps> she came back. Just to say goodbye. I'm not going to leave them hanging. I thought it was Philip Seymour Hoffman for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.